And we're back for another episode of the Wire Fantasy Football Podcast. Kyle, Tyler, what's going on, fellas? What's up, boys? Kyle, welcome back. Be a good episode. How you feeling today? Not bad. Not bad. It's good to be here. Gonna talk some trades. Um, think it's a good time to talk about it. Obviously, it's a little bit slow for for dynasty season, but rookie camps are opening. But trades are still going on, you know. So it, it's gonna be a good time. Sure thing. Let's jump into it. Yeah, yeah. It's the wire. D. Griffin. This the wire, serving up a hot take Around the league, serving gems like a hot plate Who's the flex, first pick, rounds four to eight Trading with the base, that's Superman, we need a cake This that fantasy, see who get the glory Who's gonna stay up in they lane talking Tory Who's gonna ride up on the train where the hype at Yeah, you wanna start them, but matches, you might not like that Three tutties next week, man, he's double covered Takes on a hundred, coming out the oven Tim and Todd, they the guys, know you gotta love them Take your pick, do it quick, they on fire The Wire Alright boys, so like we said in the intro We're gonna break down some trades we made over the, the last Dynasty season, I guess you could say um, These trades are all gonna probably include some kind of a combination of picks and players and we're going to see how the values played out between the players that we've received and the value that we actually got in the draft and how, if it was actually worth making trades in the long run. So I think it'll be interesting. We both, we all got to go, I think, what, two or three trades that we're going to talk about here. Yep. And uh, it'll be fun. What do you got, Tim? Why don't you start it off? You want I, me to start it off? I know you got the big ones. No, nah, not really. I mean, I didn't really do too much. I had a lot of picks, but they were mostly mine. Um, first one, it was actually with Kyle. I traded, it was during the season, I traded a three for Michael Gallup and ended up being the 301. Kyle, you ended up with Gainwell. I'm happy with it. Pretty sure you're happy with it too. Yeah, I can't complain. Gainwell ended up in a good landing spot. Uh, You should see some work opposite Miles Sanders, so I'm not going to complain, but I think Gallup, he's a free agent at the end of this year, so it'll be interesting to see if he ends up on a new team in a new situation. I definitely think he has a lot of talent. He just needs to be put in a position where he can actually really showcase that talent. Yeah, and I mean, Gallup is one of those guys I'm buying for that exact reason. Buy him, spend a three. Even I'd even spend a two if I think it's going to be a late two on him because I think the upside of him on his new contract with a new team. Either. Fair enough. I mean, this is one of those trades that's could have went either way. The third round pick. Yeah, I it mean, worked out pretty well. It's just yeah, pretty even. Yeah. Start, start the conversation with Kyle. Um. You want me to just rattle through mine really quick? I got three. Sure. Why not? My next one was in the same league. I traded Robbie Anderson, McCole Hardman, and a two um, for a one, which ended up turning out to be the 108. And the two ended up turning out to be the 210. So it ended up working out pretty nice. I'm happy with it. So Robbie Hardman and a two for a one ended up being the 210, 108. He ended up flipping Robbie for Thielen. Worked out good for him. I ended up with Zach Wilson. Kind of reassure my quarterback position. Um, I like it. So this is one of those that I think is interesting. The value here that you got out of this trade, I think, blows the actual trade out of the water. Yeah, because now I can... Realistically, if you told me Hardman, Robbie, and a two turn into Zach Wilson, which could turn into two future ones... Easily could turn into two future yeah, ones. If, if he pops, it could be miles pops, more could, than that. Exactly. That, that's why I had to take him there. I took the most value I could find on the board. Right. And this is kind of where I want to go with this conversation is that when you look at this now, you it's great when we're before the, when we're making these trades, oh, you're looking at the, the 109, the 108, whatever the, the pick may be. And there's tons of value there, and that's great. But then now that we put a name to it, look at it and go, holy shit. When you look back and go, did I really just give up? That little bit for, for a starting quarterback. And the, the two that I gave up ended up being Kadarius Tony, Which people have a lot of mixed feelings on, and that could go both ways. Right, but if, but if it's I told still you miles, just, just take away the draft picks from it, right? trading Kadarius Tony, Tony and McCall Hardman mm-hmm. for Zach Wilson, everybody would do that in a heartbeat, right? Absolutely, and the right. league would be in uproars if, if that was... Before, it, like, if that was right now, it, yeah, exactly. But when you look at it, a future two and a future one, it's a pick swap. It's 
you know, it could be three pick difference, not a big deal. Right. When it turns out to be this much of a difference, and I, you know, I'm happy. Oh, absolutely. I would be too. I'd be ecstatic, but that's just, it's crazy how these trades play out in the values. Yeah. And it's one of those things where you have to really consider the, the person that you're trading with and the style that they prefer. So the person that Tim traded with, he prefers proven players. Zach, I know you're listening, buddy. (laughs) Sorry, buddy, but you lost this one. (laughs) So he's a, he's a very much a veteran preference kind of guy where he likes to have those proven players. He's He's very much win now, extreme win. Now he has a very solid team. So he's looking for any kind of pieces that can fill in to help push him over the edge. Tyler up until recently was very much, you know, pro veteran, didn't really care about the rookie so much, uh, wanted those proven players that he knew he was going to get, you know, whatever production out of him that he was going to get. So something for all the listeners is it's very important to keep in mind the person that you're trading with and their valuations of certain rookie picks where, yeah, you can't put a name to it at that point. But if you if you're eyeing these rookie picks, you kind of already have a name in mind. You kind of already have a range of outcomes for that kind of pick and you you have something to expect out of that pick. So it's important. Oh, without a doubt. And the funny part about this is again looking at it now, as soon as the draft ended, what did Zach go do? Go bought a quarter went and, and a hunt for a goddamn quarterback. And he gave up a two for Ryan, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Fitzpatrick. And it's like, well, you would have sat back. You could have had a much better quality player that might have been a long-term solution instead of a one-year rental and cost you another pick. Yeah. So, Zach, just stop listening now um, <laughs> because, you know, I want to do this trade again next year. But um, for the listeners, this is a good teaching lesson. Like, you sit there and you look at it. You, and we had this conversation a hundred times, me and Tim. I, I don't know how many trade talks me and Tim had coming up into the draft. Oh, what do you think of this? This? How do you feel about this offer? And Tim goes, "Oh, I'm just gonna wait for the draft and see how it plays out." And don't you you realize why? I understood why then, and it pissed me the fuck off because I wanted players, but or I wanted picks at the time, whatever way it was going. But it was like, when you look at it, that's really the smart decision, and I think that's gonna be the overall theme of this. You want to know when you have the most episode. trading power? When you're on the clock. Yep. When yep. you're on the clock, when when you're up at the like, let's say you hold off, and now you're on the clock at the, let's say, Kyle, you're on the clock at the 106. You got some crazy trade offers. I know you were stuck on fields and you wanted fields and take your guy, right? But I'm sure you got a one and a two next year or two ones or the 110 and a one next year, something crazy in, in one of your leagues, right? Because I sure did. I was up at that pick at the 108, and somebody's offering me um, an early two. And a one next year. So to move back six spots, pick up a one next year. But I was like, if you look at it as a future pick, here's my 2022 one for a 2022 two and a 23 one. You're smash accepting that. For sure. But when you're on the clock, you have a lot of, they're not going to do that until you're on the clock and they want that player. Right. Right. So that's when you have the most power in these trades. Right. And I think that's interesting to see. So what's your last trade? Uh, last one. So this is in the Commission League. Um, I believe it was RJ was on the clock, and it was the two o two in a twelve team league. He had the one ten, two o one, and two o two. Yeah, he took some one guy at the one ten. I think it was maybe like Bateman took uh, Sherman at the two o one, and then with the last pick, he's like, "This one's on the clock." And I flew in his inbox. I was like, "Devonte Smith is still there." I'm like. Here's my one next year for the pick. And he, he's like, yeah, sure, it's fine. I'm exact. I thought I got the wide receiver two in the class for a one next year. It was more than a one, though, wasn't no, it? It was a one and a four. Like, it was like a four next year. I thought there was more in that trade. Wasn't it a one? Gerald Everett. No, that was a different trade. That was all including the 106. I did another trade with him. That Yeah, that, that's a different trade. That, that was just me buying the 202. Okay. Yeah, I just bought the 202 for a 1 and a 4 next year. Okay. So, you know, it, it it worked out for him. He gets another 1 next year. He can use that to trade for somebody this year. And I tried accelerating my rebuild. Sure. Nothing wrong with that. It, I mean, this is one of those that's going to be tough to see. But, again, that future first could end up being... The 103 next year, and I got screwed. Or it could end up being the 110 and you end up with a guy like Ruggs and he's useless. 
and yeah. you know what you got this year in uh in Smith. So I, like you could end up with like let's say you did this trade last year, you could your one this year could have turned into one oh three, and now you're giving up pits at a tight end premium, right? Or it could be the one oh nine, one ten, and you're you know somebody like Mac Jones, Javante, Jalen Waddle, somebody in that range, and you may not like them so much, and it worked out great for you, and you ended up with. I don't know, Cam Akers. Yeah, 100%. And the key thing that you made sure to mention, which is important, is that you're in a rebuild. And the good thing with... An accelerated rebuild. An accelerated rebuild. He's really not in a rebuild. His team is... Solid. 90% older. Well, that's... Even still, I, I think the point remains that receivers have a longer shelf life, so you can pull off those kinds of moves and still keep your receivers on board throughout the process of your rebuild because you know you're you're getting a Devontae Smith who's you know 21 ish 20 you know 20 years old I think he's 21 so he has a good 10 years in his career at least um where he's fantasy viable you know especially if you I believe so. in it yeah if you be- I hope so <laughs> one of those kind of deals um yeah I, I mean obviously I'm a believer in the talent I always have been and I think he has a good career ahead of him but as opposed to running backs where you're really only looking for that rookie contract. And then you, unless you're getting like a CMC, you're, you're moving, you're moving off that player. Wide receivers have a lot longer shelf life. So you can, he can be kind of one of your cornerstone players throughout any kind of build. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Kyle, what do you got? You got one for us? Yeah. So I have a few um, in this, in the same original league that we were talking about with our buddy, Zach. Um, I had Austin Eckler at, uh, at one point on my roster, and I decided to move him for a first. And this was earlier in the off season. Um, you know, he was just coming off the injury. He had a, a couple good games on on his comeback, but looking at my roster, I felt like I really needed a quarterback. And something that's important to mention, we forgot to mention earlier, this was a superflex league. So that's obviously why everything Zach Wilson, we do is superflex, right? Yeah, there everything that we're talking about, <laughs> all is of them we're talking about, yeah. Um, so that's you know the reason Zach Wilson fell, but um, yeah. So I was eyeing quarterback. I honestly thought I was going to end up with Trey Lance at this pick, but ended up with Justin Fields at the one hundred six. So it was essentially Eckler for Justin Fields. And while Eckler is probably going to have a, a couple more useful years in terms of his running back shelf life, you know, being a pass catching back, he's probably going to get some good years out of it. I'm a big I'm a big believer in Fields. Obviously, quarterbacks have a longer shelf life than running backs, so he was best player available in my eyes on the board, so I was happy to get him. Yeah, I mean, again, let's take this in comparison. Take Justin Fields and and trade for Eckler straight up at this point? Probably not. I don't know many people that are going to make that trade. I always side with a a starting quarterback over starting. Again, super flex. Unless it's Jonathan Taylor, Saquon Barkley. But even then, that's probably almost close to fair at that point. Yeah, I mean, well, if we're talking Justin Fields compared to them, yeah, I'm taking CMC over Justin Fields, something like that. But yeah, you know, but this worked out. You'd Eckler have to stop and think Field. about it. Eckler versus, yeah, I guess. Eckler versus Fields, I- I'm on the field side all day long. Without a doubt. Um, it's funny because you traded this pick to him in the CMC trade, and then you acquired it back by giving him Eckler. Yes, yeah, so... <laughs> I was a serial trader last year in this league, and uh, my team went over a couple different iterations of it. But yeah, um, this this trade in particular netted me Justin Fields, so I, I wasn't mad at it at all. Um, another league that we uh, a couple of us are in, I uh, actually landed the 101 in the startup. This was one of those drafts where you, you draft your kickers to get your, your, your rookie draft spots. So I landed the 101. And, you know, one of those game theory things out there now that, especially in this draft, where everybody and their mother knew that Trevor Lawrence was going to be the undoubted, unquestioned 101, you put 101 on the block and see what you can get. So I did that. I had a, one of the, another owner come to me and say, hey, you know, what do you want for the 101? I said, hey, it's Trevor Lawrence. You know, it's, it's going to cost you. I, I know you could use a quarterback. This is be your quarterback of the future. It's going to cost you a little bit. So that deal ended up being the 101 and I think a second round pick. I don't know where that ended up being because, again, it got shuffled around with our drafting kickers. But 
Um, basically the 101 and a second round pick for the 104, Kareem Hunt, and the 107. So now putting names to those picks, we're talking Trevor Lawrence for Najee Harris, Kareem Hunt, and Javante Williams. And the two ended up being Elijah Moore. And the two ended up being Elijah Moore. Yep. So I'd say that's a pretty good haul. I didn't necessarily need Trevor Lawrence on my team. Um, I actually had the 103 as well in this in this draft, so I took Trey Lance at the 103. Um, so between Kyler Murray, Trey Lance, I drafted Tom Brady, I feel like, and Drew Locke, if he pans out, I feel like I'm pretty set at the quarterback position. I felt like that was a pretty good haul for T-Law. <sighs> this is a tough one for me. The way that they're talking about T-Law, he's going to be the next greatest thing ever, the walk the face of the earth. And again, it's a super flex. QBs come at a premium. Yeah, but because he owned the 103, he guaranteed he was getting a quarterback. Absolutely. So now he's... And that's so what makes it interesting. So you're the 101 and the 103 into the 101, 104, and 107. I like it. The reason I do is because you're either getting Lancer Fields at the 103. So you're getting, you know, the next tier quarterback. Then you're getting the running back one of the class. And then, you know, Javante Williams, we can argue about him as much as you want. Running back two, running back three, running back four of the class, right? Everybody has their own opinions of it. Maybe even the running back one in some situations. But I like it because you were running back needy. You also needed a quarterback and you filled your running back holes and got a quarterback. So I, I can't knock the picks at all. Elijah Moore does hurt losing at the 208, but you did add depth with Kareem Hunt. Hopefully you can you flop him into something else that way. Yeah, that'll, that'll be a key, and that'll be interesting to see kind of how he pans out probably to start at the beginning of the year and see if I end up moving him for anything. Uh, but yeah, this is something that for anybody that has the 101, um, obviously there's a lot of hype around Trevor Lawrence. So if you haven't had your rookie draft yet, I'm sure there's some that you know haven't started yet. We were eager beavers and got to it right away. But if you, all my leagues are done drafting, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Now we just got to sit on our rosters and and wait. But um, yeah, I mean, if you're not quarterback needy and you have other teams that really are high up on Trevor Lawrence, move that pick for a haul and you know see what you can get. Obviously, especially in in these super flex leagues, there's plenty of quarterbacks to go around. There's a Justin Fields. There's Trey Lance. Zach Wilson, if you if you like him, so that there's plenty of quarterbacks that you can grab that have enough upside to kind of offset what you'd in theory be losing with Trevor Lawrence. And to be honest, I don't know what they're doing in Jacksonville. It's it's getting kind of interesting. You got ETN lining up at at wide receiver, the signing Tim Tebow. I don't know what the hell is going on with Urban Meyer, but it's making me a little bit nervous. I'm not worried about it at all. Listen, Trevor Lawrence can be just fine. Um. They're working on ETN's game in an aspect that he needs to work on. That's all I really see that as. His time, he doesn't need to work on his timing with Trevor Lawrence. They've done this long enough, right? So now you're working on it in a different aspect. Try to get him well round him as a player and as an athlete because he's an athlete. You want to get him the ball. So get him the ball. He can stay on the field with James Robinson now. You know, put him in the slot, whatever. But um, I don't want to go down that rabbit hole too, too much. Um, do you have any others? Because, I mean, it was in my opinion, I would have loved to see you keep the 208 in that trade. Because if you would have still gotten Elijah Moore in this league, it would have been even better. Maybe given up, because you're on the 306, maybe given that one up. But I like it. I like it a lot. The interesting I- part about it is you can probably move Hunt and get one of the late second-round guys right now anyway. Yeah, it's very possible. But really, it could end up being the same thing. And again, when you put when you put the names to it, and then you put your whole draft in perspective, it does make sense to move off of T Law because then you can get all these guys and build up your roster in that sense. And really, you could have passed on at the what did you say the two the two five or the two the two uh, the one four the one five I mean. Yeah, I had the the one hundred three, the one hundred four, and then the one hundred seven. I mean, if you really wanted to, you could have went Chase there at the same time. Chase and- went right before him at the one hundred six. Yep. No, I'm saying at the one four. Oh yeah. You could have you could have went chase there, and you could have you could have went had the a wide receiver and and a and a running back both in the in the same draft and still got Fields, and it would have been 
just as great a value at the same time. So and there was also, nothing you could have went wrong with here. And it also could have been interesting. You could have taken Zach Wilson and then turned it into, okay, well, I traded Trevor Lawrence for Zach Wilson and Trey Lance. Sure. Yeah, that would have been a very interesting way to look at it. Yeah. Because if both the, if all three guys hit, you just got two starting quarterbacks for one. Absolutely. Right? So that would have been interesting if you would have pulled the, if you would have decided to go that route. I'm still not knocking the trade though. Yeah. No, that's no, not uh, even a little bit. Yeah, that's uh I, I was happy with the trade and I would encourage other people out there, like I said, if you have it and you can afford it, see what you can get. You know, trades are all about maximizing the value, especially with these rookie picks. Get the most you can out of these out of these picks because like we said earlier, that the most valuable when you're on the clock. You know, now you can start putting names to to picks. And that's really where the, the rubber kind of meets the road for people, you know, and that's where things start to get a little tense because people want their guy. Yeah, know? because, um, not to cut you off, I apologize. Oh, go ahead. Let's say what it's, it's the end of May right now. In March, in February, there was no way Devontae Smith was going to be available at the 110, 201, 202. No, the not at all. We were all... He was going to 106, was, 107, yeah, bam, all set. People now, were contemplating if he was if he was even going to be the, the wide receiver one of the class and, and go before Chase. So there was conversations right. of that. And then, you know, it, it's one of those things where now Smith falls. If you're still high on Smith or somebody else is high on Smith and you're not, you may be able to get a haul the way RJ did. He, he must have been happy getting a one next year for, for Smith because he doesn't like Smith. I don't think he likes Philly as a fit. That's why he traded him. Very possible. So, so I think I have the most relevant one of this whole group. Because I think this is a guy that a lot of people are trying to move right now. And I, God, I wish Alex was here for this episode because I would love to hash this out with him. We've been going back and forth on this for months now. There's this weird petty aggression between the two of you about this trade. <laughs> Just this trade, for whatever reason. I don't it, understand. It, it comes he, up every time anything happens. He's like, so if upset a waiver claim happens, he gets mad and talks about this goddamn trade. <laughs> I don't understand it. I, he's so upset about a trade that he swears I lost. Which that he wasn't involved in. He wasn't involved in. I'm like, well, why are you upset? It made my team worse, made it easier for you to be competitive. Like, I still don't get the, the passive aggressiveness with the trade. But... The trade was Derrick Henry and Mooney for Rojo, Vaughn, Claypool, a 2021 second, which ended up being the 207, and a 2022 third. 203 next year, 207. Yeah. So, my thoughts, I think I'm kind of on Alex's side here because this was also, when this trade happened was early in the offseason, before. You know, Geo resigned before Fournette resigned. Yep, before Juju resigned. So the the off season didn't work in this trade's favor, for the most part. It, now, if all these are one year deals, it kind of hurts you this year. But and remember, Rojo's in the last year of his deal now. It's one of those things where, yeah, you know, I would have wanted to leave that trade with a one, some way. Sure. Or even like a two, the 202, 201, an, a high two. To leave with a late two and a three next year, a handcuff, Rojo, and Claypool. So here's my I thing. I think you lost. Right now, take any old players off of it. If you were going to trade Henry, what would you trade him for? What would you be looking for? Two ones? I think that would be the goal. Two ones, the, right? That's probably. Probably a realistic trade, two one. Yeah. So let's break down the value here. Yeah, Claypool. Claypool and right Vaughn. now is going for a low one. Claypool and Vaughn are a one, and then the two, the three, and Rojo, you can argue, could be a one value. I I know where you're going. Absolutely. So, but uh, throwing Mooney in as well. Mooney was a was a piece, a piece that didn't really matter to me at that point. I didn't, he was a ro- on the fringe of a roster cut for me. Well, yeah, you also added three pl- five players and lost two. So yeah, and right. we have short benches. So that that. Losing Mooney to me really didn't matter. Um, the thing is, is that the 207 became Trey Sermon. I'm ecstatic about Trey Sermon. I'm very high on him. I think it plays out perfectly. So when you play that out, it becomes... This year, I hate it. We have differences of opinion on him, and that's fine. But right here, I turned him... Again, again, you're also low on Rojo. 
I think Rojo's going to be just fine. I don't see that that role changing much. Before he got hurt, he was a low-end, a uh, high-end uh, RB2. And I'm perfectly okay with that. So realistically, even if this plays out, I got two RB, high-end RB2s. A guy that everyone's potentially looking at as a, as a blow-up candidate this year. In Claypool. Mm-hmm. And then a handcuff, which is a handcuff that could have went either way. And then a pick again next year. Yeah, it's it's not bad. I, I think the tough part with Henry, and I had trouble with Aaron Jones in another league, is everybody is starting to get savvy to the, the running back age cliff thing that you know we talk about. Um, so it, it almost doesn't necessarily matter the talent that Derrick Henry has because people see the, the 27 and they automatically get scared. And that automatically kind of cuts who you can really trade him to in half, third, however many contenders you really have in the league. Because now you have to basically move them to somebody who thinks they're a contender. Absolutely. Um, so I think you got pretty much as, as much as you could in that league. So I don't fault you for making the trade that you did, especially looking at, obviously you have still have Deshaun Watson on that roster. So however that ends up playing out, you would if you kept Derrick Henry, odds are you probably would have wasted this year, maybe not making that push where, you know, maybe Rojo pops off this year and, you know, stays healthy and has a really productive year on that Tampa Bay offense. Now, He's in a contract year, and he could end up in a, a better situation for him where he ends up getting a better workload and doesn't have to split so much. Um, and then, obviously, we we talked about Claypool a little bit. Yeah, he's definitely a breakout candidate to me, and he's already worth um, a mid to low one anyway just because of being a receiver talent. Now, if Juju ends up leaving, you have Claypool and Deontay and Pratt Paramuth, and really that's it in terms of actual receiving threats, uh, unless you want to group Najee in there. But in terms of pure receivers... That's all you really have to worry about. So I, I think you did as best you could with the, the circumstances that were at the league and kind of the outlook of Derrick Henry right now. I think at the end of the day, I got that the two ones worth of value out of it, just in players that, so it doesn't look as sexy on paper, but. Yeah, my th- it's, it's just, just no, Claypool's a nice piece, but. Claypool's also my wide receiver four at this point. Yeah, but you lost arguably the running back one. But again, and then here's the next thing with it. I went into this trade knowing I was going out and buying another running back. What do you mean? With Rojo? No, I went out making this trade knowing that I was selling, oh, that you were getting selling Henry and I was going to go buy another another running back right after it. Yeah. Yeah, whether it was through the draft or, you know, through trade, I get you. This might be a good transition into that trade now. And that's exactly where I was going with this. So the next trade I made here was I went and bought Miles Sanders. This is the trade that I think I've lost a lot on on this value. But it was the trade that I absolutely needed to make. Um, So like I said, I, I bought Miles Sanders, but I gave up Kareem Hunt, the 1-9, and next year's 2022 second. Um. The 109 became Waddle, who I don't like at all, so I'm perfectly okay with giving up Waddle here. Um, and Hunt, I think, is somebody that you're getting a lot of value for right now, but I think next year he's going to end up mid to lower RB2 in that range, where you're not going to be able to get anywhere close to the value that you're going to be able to get out of him right now. Yeah, I have Hunt as like the running back 25, 26 next year. Right, where right now he's just came off a year that he was an RB1, and probably the highest you're ever going to be able to sell him with him. So my thing is, are you okay with paying more for Sanders than you got for Henry? I think I gave up the same value. I think it's the same value both ways. I think you gave up a, more. In the, because, yeah, you can say Waddle, but that's because somebody really valued Waddle there. Javante was there. But at just the about every league that we've gone in, Waddle's gone before, gone before Sanders. Yeah, but J- so Javante Williams that's was there. Where- Mac Jones was there. You know, it's like I get what you say. It was Waddle. Um, if you were on the clock at the one hundred and nine, you probably would have taken Javante there. If I had to guess, knowing you had the two, you yeah, that would have been a tough. That would have been a tough one for me. I probably would have considered Javante or or quarterback Smith. or quarterback. Yeah. yeah, but you also had the assurance. It's the same league. You had the two hundred one. So 
Right. And you got Mac Jones there. So arguably, regardless, I don't want to, you know, negatively affect you that way. I personally believe that you gave up more for Sanders than you got. How? The 2021 one. Is, is equal to Claypool. Claypool and Vaughn together. Let's let, let, let if I would say together, because Vaughn to me is probably, Vaughn's probably I don't a, ever see him being fantasy relevant. No, he was an insurance piece at that point, but realistically at that time you weren't, get caught. you weren't buying him for anything less than a three at that point. Yeah, I, I'd just rather. He was a rookie running back that looked like he was going to be the number two. He went two like in the 201 role. last year in right. some leagues. So <laughs> you weren't buying him any more than any lower than a three at, at that point. Right. But, you know, Hunt and a two, that two next year is arguably going to be in, in the 201, 202, 203 range again. So a high two because the two that for the same team, it was your two. Your two this year turned out to be the 201. Let's say we'll, let's also put it in this that we that we're in a snake rookie draft, rookie yeah. draft right now. So that's and it's going to be next year as well. We're going to change it probably in twenty twenty three. We're discussing, sure. but you know, so let's say it's a two hundred three next year. So one hundred nine, the two hundred three, and Hunt for Sanders, I think, was a little bit, a little bit more than I would have paid. To me, you could almost argue that Hunt and Sanders are almost a wash. And then Ooh, the person no. you traded with got a free, almost a basically a free first in a second. There's nobody no, that's I, trading I Sanders that. for a so, for hunt straight up. So the, the value is not even close. So hold on here. The Eagles drafted Kenny Gainwell. Yeah, he doesn't scare. He's not going to hurt Sanders' Mile, value. Though. Miles Sanders was ridiculously under efficient in the passing game last year. We're talking out of I think it was. This might have been a PFF stat, and I wish I had it in front of me, but basically out of 135 eligible running backs in terms of pass-catching efficiency, he was about 130. It was that rough. To me, that's the reason they really went out and got Kenny Gainwell. Obviously, that was his skill coming out of college, being that pass-catching threat. I I think Miles Sanders won't be completely useless in terms of the passing game, but I think he definitely took a, a decent amount of a hit in terms of his value. Obviously, he still has the youth to go on his side for being a 24-year-old, and it'll be interesting to see how that new offense with Nick Sariani at the helm plays out. But Kareem Hunt's still going to have usage with for the next at least year or two. He got a new contract. Obviously, it's a good system with Nick Chubb and that you know that offense with Stefanski. Um, he makes sure to mix both of them into the offense, so. Hunt still has standalone value. Maybe you give the Sanders a little bit of an edge there, but I think it's closer than what maybe a lot of people would think. I completely disagree. I couldn't disagree with you more. That's okay. It, Hunt had that value because of because Chubb got hurt. We can't count on Chubb to be hurt there. Anywhere close to that for starters. The Hunt didn't do anything when yes, Chubb got hurt. That was the problem. Did. I will pull up those games right now. Because I I remember... Everybody was severely disappointed with what Hunt did when... His touches just swapped. He ended up with more rushing touches than passing touches at that point, yes. But it, it, his val- he will not be anywhere close to an RB1 next year. Guaranteed. Put it in the books. Hunt is one year older than Sanders. Just a reminder. I, I'm, I'm, that's all I'm kind of tossing in. That's fine. Because Sanders is 24, Hunt's 25. So Very different want, roles. I feel, like, I feel like Hunt is like 28. No, it does. It feels it does like he's feel like that in that realm of like Melvin Gordon. I'm. That's all. I'm. Kind of, I'm letting you two do this. I'm just oh, throwing sure. the agent. That's fine. And then this whole narrative that Sanders is horrible in the passing game. I think that's a little blown out of proportion right now. He had two point nine seven yards per attempt. Absolutely, but that entire offense last year was an absolute shit show. Let's go back and look at the year before. He was extremely efficient in the passing game. He was averagely efficient. Yeah. Well, uh, no, he just, was consi- I just had he the was, stat in front of me, 2.97 yards yeah, per attempt. That's fine. In the air. But then you go back and look at the year before, he was right in there with guys that considered high-end passing backs like Zeke and, and, and things like that. He had he caught 50 balls the year before for 500 yards and another three touchdowns as a rookie. So to say that he's horrible in the passing game, I'm not buying. I think it was more of a product of that entire offense being a mess. Um, 
And I also think that with the new offense, it's not going to be so much of a check down to the backs anymore to begin with. I'm not really buying that Gainwell's value is really going to be in the passing game. I think he's more going to be handcuffed than anything. I think that they're going to run an RPO system like they do in Baltimore, and it's going to be more closer to that, where backs aren't really going to catch a ton of balls. So, But doesn't that also speak to, doesn't that take a hit to Sanders' value? Does it scare you with Dobbins? Dobbins is a, they are so committed to the run that it doesn't bother me. And that's what they're going to hurt. Hurt isn't that great of a passer where he's. So what Tyler's thought process here, I'm going to try to, because we've had this conversation off air. He's saying that Philly is going to look a lot like Baltimore. And and he's, he's going to get that RB1 usage like Dobbins was and the efficiency like Dobbins was. That's, 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 I believe. Absolutely. No, that's exactly where I'm going with it. Do I agree? No. Because I think they're going to... Philly, I don't trust Philly's offenses. I mean, the coaching as much as I do John Har- Harbaugh. Um, and, yeah, I... What, it's the only system that makes sense with Do you see Hurts we, being... I agree with you. Do you see Hurts being a stand-in-the-pocket I don't, I don't, even, guy? I don't no. even see Hurts being the long-term quarterback in Philadelphia. That's fine. But there's no chance that I see... That we ever see a system where Hurts is a stand-in-the-pocket check-down guy. It's just not who he is. No, and that's fair. I, I don't disagree with that at all. Carson Wentz is very different from Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts is going to use his legs a lot more than Carson Wentz ever would dream of doing. Sure. And that offense has been drawn around the tight end for the last 10 years. And yes. that's going to change also, I think. And I, I think there's been a commitment by the organization to kind of build around Jalen Hurts, and that's why I tend to believe in him a little bit more. Um, but no, I, I don't disagree. And I think I think it's fair to project the offense the way that you are. I, I think it's dangerous because we haven't seen the offense play out a little bit more. I'm a little bit more conservative in terms of I need to see it play out first in order to really kind of project what it'll be, especially with a coaching change and a philosophy change, a scheme change. Um, but that's completely fair. And obviously you're allowed to do that in terms of how you feel about the player. If you feel better about the player, by all means, go get your guy, basically. But, I mean, at the end of the day, I, I agree. I think I overpaid a little bit for Sanders. I was trying to push for um, a 2022 third. I would have felt a lot better about it instead of the second. But, again, with it being a snake draft, he was looking at it as my second was going to be a high second, and my third was going to be an extremely low third. So we, we, we stuck on that that little bit right there for weeks. and <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know <you laughs> literally know. for weeks. And... It was just at the point where I, I needed to get a trade done. I didn't want to go into the draft not having a running back. And I, I was okay with paying that because I still think, again, before the Watson nonsense, I still think I was a very legitimate shot at being a high-end competitor. You just won the chip. Right. So I, I don't blame you at all um, for feeling I don't feel that bad way. for anything that happens to you. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. You, you, you. I hope you have dog shit luck for the next fucking four years. It's all right, buddy. Just like I just did. Let's not talk about. That. I would love this year to completely fall apart and me end up with the one on one just to retool and keep and just build that dynasty some more. You want Sam Howell that bad? <laughs> that's fine. Um, that's what happened to me, and I ended up with Lawrence. Um, but I would if Watson doesn't come back, we're perfectly fine. I would love that. Watson gonna come back. Fuck this season. <laughs> yeah. Well, I but we have to make sure he's setting his lineup every week. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody called me out on that. I was at a flag game for like three hours on a Sunday, and I didn't get to set my lineup in time, and somebody fucking lost their mind, Kyle. Um, That's right. I, <laughs> Listen, I, I know no you're fucking a, tanking in this league. I know you're a smart guy. I know you saw the path. Path was there. No, he was a game time decision. I had a flag game, and it is what it is. But and I, and I was still three games out of the second spot anyway, so that game didn't matter. But um, regardless, uh, Ty, do you have another one? No, that's all I got. That's for all one. you have. Um, the last one I have is kind of an interesting one to follow. Uh, I think this will probably be the last one we have for trade. Unless Kyle, you have another one. No, no, go ahead. So it's in the it's in the commission league. So we did a startup, and I drafted the one hundred one, the one hundred six, the two hundred two, and the two hundred six, with the kicker placeholder, and you're you're given that that draft spot, right? So, I'm. I have the 101. I take Lawrence. I'm. I'm very running back needy in this league. Najee goes at the 105, and I'm up at the 106. I'm fuming because I was praying that Najee would follow me. 
So what I did was I traded the 106 for the 105 and gave up a two. This year, too? This year, too. Okay. And that was the 206? Yes. Okay. Uh, actually, it ended up being the 20. I gave him the 202, and he gave me, I think, like, he gave me the 305. Okay. And then I traded the 206 to move up in a deal, but it ended up working out because now I, if you follow the path of all the picks, because I ended up reacquiring the 202, I traded the 106, the 206, and Gerald Everett for the 105, the 202, and the 305. Giving up next year's one. No, I, I had acquired a one and used it to get the 202. All in that madness. It was like, I, there was four total trades in that whole madness. Because I didn't have a one, I acquired a one, and then I used the one to get. To get the two hundred two, it it was madness. Jesus. It was so much, so yeah. many moving parts. But at the end of the day, it was it was the one hundred six, the two hundred six, and Gerald Everett for the one hundred five, the two hundred two, and the three hundred five. So my one, my lead in question, I guess I would say is: Was this team? Did you feel like it was set to win now, or did you feel like you were maybe a year or two off? I'm. I'm a mid. I'm not a top three team in the league. I'm in okay. that four five range. If okay. I had to guess, okay, it's Burrow, Cousins, Lawrence as my three quarterbacks. Twelve team league. Yep. Eckler, Najee, Hines, McKissick, Cohen, Moser, and Singletary. So all I have small pass catching backs all my small pass catching backs with Najee and Eckler as my two stud starters. Yep. Kenny Galladay, Allen Robinson, Shark, and Devontae Smith. Mark Andrews, Fant, and Higby in a tight end premium. Yeah, so I think you were... Um, I'm, I'm in that, like, that fourth, fifth... You're within striking distance. Yes. Yeah, you're, you're, you're close. Um, the reason I asked is because, just like you said, there was kind of a flurry of moves, and I found myself doing this a little bit last year where I would make certain moves, and then I would make other moves to kind make of for compensate the for the stuff I lost. Um, whereas I think, and this is kind of just is the, a difference of our evaluations of the player, but I feel like you would have been okay if you would have just stuck with Javante at the 106 and then kept that extra one that you had, that you had already acquired. I think the problem, the only problem I have with Javante is I think it's going to be kind of like what J.K. Dobbins was last year, where it was a little bit of a slow start because I don't think Melvin Gordon is just going to go away. It'll still depend on if the league does anything with his um his DUI offense that he had gotten earlier in the offseason. Um, the league still hasn't made any kind of decision on that one. But if they don't, I still think Melvin Gordon gets some snaps and gets the bulk of the work as they work Javante in. And later on in the season, he'll really start to blossom. And then next year, I expect him to get the full workload to his to himself. And I really expect his talent to flourish. But in the same token, Najee is going to be good to go right away. Najee's going to get 250 plus touches out the gate. It's a good organization. He's he's going to catch balls there. So I don't necessarily blame you for going for that talent. I think Najee is a step up from Javante, especially with the situation he landed and in. Especially this year. Right. Especially this year where you, you're within striking distance. So I can't necessarily blame you for that either. No, I, I think that's a fair evaluation. Um, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. I mean, through all the trades, I think you ended up with a good value there. Um, you got your guy, so there's nothing really bad to say about it. I, it's one of those, let's wait and see. So I got one more question for you. Because um, we were just talking about the offense. I had a conversation today. The Denver offense, let's say it's Drew Locke as a starting quarterback. Okay. We have Melvin Gordon and Javante. We have Fant and Alberto. We have Sutton, Judy, 
and KJ Hamler. And you, you're both looking at me like, what the fuck? Where is I'm he a going little confused where you're going with this, yeah. Who is the person that disappears in the offense? Are I, you comfortable with Fant? Are you comfortable with Judy? Are you comfortable with Sutton in your starting lineup? I'm not comfortable with any of them, to be honest with you. I think it's going to be a per-week thing. I think it'll be the hot hand goes. Yep. I think nah. I don't see either Judy or or Sutton emerging as an RB uh, RB as a wide receiver one. Um, I think you're gonna get low end wide receiver two numbers probably out of both of them. Um, fan tight end's a tough position because it's very easy for him to fall in the top ten if he has any kind of consistency. So I would say Fant's probably fine. Um. He'll probably get enough usage where he'll be he'll be useful. Alberto doesn't scare me. Right, he'll he'll have some games if Fant misses time, whatever. But yeah, he'll he'll have some games where he catches one or two passes, maybe a big one because he's an athlete. But um, my thing is same exact offense, but you didn't have Sutton last year. I think the running back is the running back. It's just going to be kind of splitting the the usage up a little bit more. Um. Tim Patrick, in that offense, you absolutely love. He was so productive. His weeks went 15, 24, 15, 8, 13, 10, 18, 20, 13 consecutive. Absolutely. You don't see that exact same same body style. Do I think Sutton can do that? Yes. He did it the year before. Absolutely, I think he can do that. Yes. So, in my opinion, I think Sutton slides into that role. Maybe a little bit better than Tim Patrick, and Judy kind of just tweeters around 800 yards. So has the same season he had last year. Roughly, maybe a little bit less. He had a very bad drop problem. I know yep. Kyle, you were big on that. He had seven drops in one game against the Chargers, I believe. The one thing with drops, and you know, I I kind of use it as a joke, but. It is one of those things that is fixable and is curable. Amari Cooper had a stunt where he had a stint where he had drop problems. Devontae Adams had a, a stint where he had drop problems. And then obviously Deontay had drop problems last year too. That's something that's fixable. You hit the jug machine, a little bit more focus, maybe just a little bit more work where hopefully Drew Locke is the quarterback uh, next year. So they get, they build a little bit more chemistry. Um, but Obviously, the, the offense is going to kind of go as far as Drew Locke or, or Teddy Bridgewater lets it go. So I'm expecting Drew Locke to win the job there. Um, the The identity of that offense is run that team is run the ball, play hard-nosed football, and play defense. So I, I still think they're going to be in that vein. I think them drafting Javante kind of helped that and trading up for Javante helped kind of establish that identity. And it'll be interesting to see how well Cortland Sutton comes back from the torn ACL. I, I think he'll be okay, but it's one of those things where it, it's really player dependent and how comfortable they feel on that knee after it tears. Um, but I think KJ Hamler is going to end up being the guy that never really breaks out and never really. I don't expect Hamler to ever really be fantasy relevant because I think you're always going to end up in. 75 80% two receiver sets two maybe two tight end sets and then you know always having at least one or two running backs out there on on the field so he's kind of the the weak link in terms he's, of that yeah, offense he's a deep threat slot guy he'll have two big games and his end of season numbers will look a lot better than what yeah. his actual production was but but I think Ju- both Judy and Sutton could be consistent wide receiver twos for a team yeah I think that's right about with it so here's this ready I'm going to read you off some numbers can you see Sutton going for about 1,000 yards, 300, uh, three TDs, and roughly More than 80, to 90, 80 to 90 catches? More than three touchdowns. I would expect that. Can you see that? Yeah. You think less catches? I, I, if I had to guess, I'd probably have him about 70 for 1,000 and six touchdowns. Yeah, about the same value. Yeah, I guess when you break down a little bit less catches, yeah. So those are basically the numbers that C.D. Lamb had last year going with your 70 catches. That puts him at wide receiver 22. Yeah. But that feels about right to me. That's exactly about right. 
I was talking I was talking to Eric yesterday and I said I have something about the wide receiver, wide receiver 20 to 24. DJ Moore last year 66 catches, just under 1200 yards, four TDs. Yeah. Give or take a little bit of yards, a t- touchdown or two, that feels about right. That's yeah. it, huh? 66 catches. Wow. He's such a big play guy in that offense. They use Robbie so much underneath. Well, that's the problem and Teddy I don't know, Teddy just didn't use him properly. I remember Is it Teddy t- of the offense. You can't blame Teddy. No, I honestly think it was Teddy because there were plays where DJ was wide open and underneath and Teddy just decided not to look at him and go go deep to Robbie, which kind of counterintuitive to what everyone thought Teddy was. But I don't know, just for whatever reason, the, the connection wasn't there. But either way, I don't want to go down a rabbit hole that's too deep. But no, I, I definitely think that's within Sutton's range of outcomes. I, I Again, it's to me, it's all going to come down to how he comes back from the knee. If he has full confidence in the knee, can run, cut, do everything that he used to do that made him great, I see no problem in him producing yeah. in that offense. I mean, like I said, Tim Patrick didn't play his full year, like full volume, really. And he ended up with just under 800 yards, I think, and a handful of touchdowns. And it's not crazy to say that Sutton could end up in a very similar role and Judy ends up kind of that second guy. and. Fant gets the check down. That, that, that feels about right. I think they're all going to be very similar to what they had so, last year. Do you, yeah. So I, and I think I think Judy ends up with about 800 yards. Yeah. 800 yards. Three touchdowns. Three, four touchdowns. Yeah. Probably 60 catches. Something like that. That feels about right. Just wanted your opinion because it was, it was a nice little conversation I had. Yeah. I, I think going back and forth on, you know, what if Sutton is the guy that's out on that offense and Judy really takes a step ahead? I think we're a year out from that. Good. At least give me one more year at Sutton. I think we're a year out. I have too much riding on Sutton. I think they're going to be very close. They'll be very, very close. All right. That's all I got for this week, boys. You got anything else? That's all I got. Kyle? I think we're good. Been fun. All right, boys. Thanks. Later. Peace. Peace.